the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The world is a complicated place. You need someone to expose the political fakers, fixers, and takers, and to cut through the mindless chatter and misdirection to help you make sense of it all. That person is Dan Proft, and this is The Dan Proft Show. Welcome back to The Dan Proft Show. I'm John Hinderocker from Powerline, filling in for Dan tonight, and we are joined now by Paul Kanger. Professor of Political Science at Grove City College in Grove City, Pennsylvania, contributor to the American Spectator, and author of the uh, the new book, uh, The Devil and Karl Marx, Communism's Long March of Death, Deception, and Infiltration. Paul, welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks, John. Good to be with you. i got to tell you, Paul, that book sounds like what I'd like to read. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not exactly a pleasure read, you know what I mean? Pretty, uh, pretty, pretty depressing stuff. But, you know, that's, that's the state of where we are, sadly, today. It's, um, I, it's hard to believe that, that in the year 2021, you would have people supporting Marxism or at least saying positive things about it. But, you know, fortunately, that's where we are. It's unbelievable. Uh, so where can people get the book, uh, The Devil and Karl Marx? Uh, uh, well, just go to, yeah, go to Amazon.com. Um, go to, that's good enough if you want to. By the way, I should note, this is kind of new news. That the the book advertisements for the book were banned by Facebook. <laughs> what? So, yes, yes. So, you know, how, how's that, right? Um, yeah, that's that that's the kind of um, again crazy world that we're in today. And it's a in fact. I wrote a I wrote a piece on it for Crisis Magazine. You can Google it. It's called The Devil and Facebook. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And, I assume that got reversed. I mean, they couldn't possibly stick to. That. I know. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, but I'll, I'll, let, I'll let people read that article if they want to learn more. But that, that's where we are with big tech censorship. It's, it's out of control. Yeah, that's really interesting. I could talk about that, Paul, for a long time. I've mm-hmm. actually been involved here in, in, in my state of Minnesota drafting legislation to try to address it uh, that's going to be introduced in the Minnesota legislature here sometime in the Good. next in the Oh, next you need days. to. You and, need to. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. nothing's happening at the federal it. level. And there's a lot and of I know action, it's a private. And I know it's a private company, right? And everybody says, especially conservatives, right? Conservatives, libertarians, it's a, it's a private company. They could do whatever they want. But, but there are certain basic um, standards of decency and fairness in the public square um, you know, that has to do with, um, with, with bias, with discrimination right. against people for certain right. viewpoints. Our, and, our, and, our statute, yeah. Paul, to your point, our statute uh, bans discrimination on the basis of race, uh, religion, sex, right. or political orientation. Yeah, and, 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 so pro- it's, it's and probably in- sexual orientation is probably part of it, right? You know, the whole LGBTQ, I don't know if that's true of your legislation, but, but that's been going on across the board. And so to suddenly exempt the category of viewpoint or political discrimination, but that's, that's exactly what they're engaging in. And no, that's exactly um, right. So I, I think this is near a, monopoly. I don't think this is the only state-based approach, but it's but it's one approach that I'm absolutely right. confident, uh, you know, will 
withstand scrutiny and I think could be effective. So I hope other states mm-hmm. follow suit. So sure. I want to move on, Paul, and talk about a, a piece that you've got at The Spectator. Uh, I, I like the headline, Warping the Credit for Trump's Operation Warp Speed. You know, we've just lived through a really extraordinary event here, a series of events in which this vaccine or these vaccines have been brought to market uh, in record time and millions of people are being vaccinated. To, to talk about that. This is really extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Well, it, I go through in this piece, John, that by comparison, the history of the polio vaccine. And, you know, the polio vaccine, which was Dr. Jonas Salk, University of Pittsburgh, my alma mater, and you know, he, he announced his polio vaccine in April 1955. And, in fact, I should note, there was another vaccine that came after that by Albert Sabin in 1961. But I go through in this article how the federal government's efforts to fund a polio vaccine started way back in January 1938 uh, under Basil O'Connor, who, who was a, an aide to, to President Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And you can go back even further Back to 1935, there were actually two, two polio vaccines that were announced by two separate research teams, and that was done by the American Public Health Association. Both of those had problems with the clinical trials. They didn't work. So in January 1938, FDR started pouring money into this effort, which in the case of the Salk vaccine wasn't produced for 17 years after that. The Sabin vaccine, not for 23 years. And here comes Donald Trump, and he pours money into this. Yeah, I got to stop you. I have to stop you there for just a moment, Paul, because I'm old enough that I remember these events. Uh, there were mm-hmm. kids in my neighborhood who got polio, and yeah, polio, wow. polio, right? polio. Yeah, yeah, polio. It was no COVID nineteen. This was a scary disease. You know, this could it was. cripple. Yeah. This this could cripple children for life. I mean, this was a terrible, terrible, terrible disease, and and. Um, and when they the, called it when the infantile sock... paralysis, right? right? Remember that? Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 when that when that first vaccine came along, the the sock vaccine, uh, you know, I got it. I mean, everybody got it. I mean, it was it was a real lifesaver. And as you say, it was it was you know years, if not decades, in the making. And that's that's really what the history of vaccines has has mostly been. I mean, I I could be wrong about this, Paul, but I believe that the the prior record before before now was the Ebola vaccine. Is that right? Mm. Well, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I I thought of looking that up to see if I could pin that down. I actually studied virology as an undergraduate. I was a pre med major at the University of Pittsburgh, and I, and I actually worked in medicine for four years. So I was very familiar with the with the with the Salk vaccine. Um, and I had that exact question, John. I thought, you know, what is the record for the quickest vaccine that's been developed? And I'm not sure what it is, but the, surely my, they've broken it. Yeah. Oh, well, there's they, no they, doubt. My understanding is that is that Ebola holds the held the record at five years. Wow. You, you know, wow. we we could Google that. We could look it up. But that's my understanding. And, and, and what was this? Was this the, was maybe from about March, right? Maybe March, maybe April of last year. Till like November, and by the way, we should note, you know, the, the first Monday after the election, right, that's when it was announced. You know, it wasn't announced the Monday before the election on Tuesday, right? It was right. the Monday after the Tuesday of the vote. Right. So, so you're looking at, that would have been November, that's the 11th month of the year. This was maybe eight months at the most. It's and, unbelievable. And, and, 
Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's the most impressive thing. And if you go back, I mean, this was ridiculed by all the naysayers. Um, I wrote a piece for American Spectator back around April, I think, and it was my first piece on Operation Warp Speed. Maybe, maybe it was even May or June. And I remember quoting um, somebody from MSNBC who was talking about, oh, this will take too long. We shouldn't even try this, right? I'm like, you know, what do you want to call this? Operation Take Your Damn Time, right? I, I mean, we got, we got this big crisis going on here. But, 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 but Donald Trump poured all this money into it. And I quote in this piece, The American Spectator, and I don't need to, I mean, remember that, that second debate with Joe Biden, and I, who was the moderator? Kristen Welker, right? And, and this was October 22nd, and she asked President Trump on national television if he could guarantee that there would be a COVID vaccine within the coming weeks. And, and this is the exact quote from Trump, quote, I can't guarantee that, but it will be by the end of the year, unquote, which is basically a guarantee, right? Uh, he he right. said it will be distributed very quickly. And he pointed to the progress of Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, and Pfizer. He said they're all doing very well. And then Biden responded to, to that by saying, quote, Trump has no clear plan. There's a, quote, dark winter ahead. And here's the exact quote. He has no clear plan. And there's no prospect that there's going to be a vaccine available for the majority of the American people before the middle of next year. That was Joe Biden, John. And within eight weeks of him saying that, he was rolling up his sleeves in Wilmington, Delaware, getting his first dose of vaccine before the year was out, before the year was out. So, so I mean, this is an amazing accomplishment by Trump, by the biomedical community. They should name this vaccine after him. They really should. And, and, and I, I, think it's, I think it's really sad that he's not getting the credit for it that he deserves. Well, I couldn't agree more. And, and one of the things we've seen, it's not just Joe Biden that didn't want to give him credit and, and still doesn't, by the way. You know, he, Joe Biden is still pretending that, oh, my gosh, I stepped into the middle of this. There was no plan. Nobody was being vaccinated, which is, I think, a million people were vaccinated on Biden's first day in office, something like that. So, <laughs> you know, that's nonsense. Amazing. But but it's not just Joe Biden. I mean, I, I think that across the, the news media, uh, that Donald Trump has not gotten anywhere near the credit he deserves for this achievement. Just how malicious is this that 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 virus in 2020 basically torpedoed uh, Donald Trump's reelection campaign? It, it it got Joe Biden elected, and now of all things, it, liberals are going to begrudge Donald Trump credit for it. We're talking to Paul uh, Paul Kanger, and uh, we got to run to a break, but we will be right back with more with Paul after these messages. Sharpen your pencils. Class is in session with Professor Dan Proft and the Dan Proft Show. Welcome back to the Dan Proft Show. We are talking with uh, Paul Kenger, professor of political science at Grove City College and author of the brand new book, The Devil and Karl Marx. Paul, I want to move on to a new topic now. Uh, it's also really interesting to, to talk about in light of recent events. And this is a piece that you've got in the, in the Spectator. 
the headline of which is Impeach FDR. <laughs> Tell us, Paul, what that's all about. <laughs> yeah. So it, so it is partly tongue in cheek, right? But 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 you know I'm I'm taking the Democrats seriously here when when they say that a former president can be impeached. And as somebody who who's taught political science for almost 25 years, uh, who you know every <laughs> every fall semester you know, we 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 read through the Constitution, and I always thought that impeachment was, was a formal process aimed at removing a president. I think right? that's really I, clear. Paul, I got to tell you, you know, I understand people make certain arguments. I, I get them. But to me, it's it's really obvious. If you just read the provisions of Article 1 and Article 2, impeachment is a process whereby you remove somebody from office. I mean, that's right. really yeah, pretty yeah, basic. For, for, for a sitting president and people taking notes, it's Article 2, Section 4 of the Constitution. So that talks about a president and impeachment. And Article 1, Section 3 of the Constitution. And now it does say this in Article 1, Section 3, okay? When the President of the United States is tried, the Chief Justice shall preside. No person shall be convicted. Judgment in cases of impeachment shall not extend further than to removal from office. Now, it, now the, the line does continue. It, it says, and disqualification to hold and enjoy any office of honor, trust, or profit under the United States. Now, that disqualification part, now, I would still hear, say, John, it clearly applies to somebody who is in office, all right? Somebody who's in office. What I would say, office, Paul, right? it, it says, it doesn't say or, it says and. And, and right. when I read that, yeah. together yeah. with yeah. the other provisions, together with what it says in Article 2, I read that to say impeachment is how you get somebody out of office, and in addition, the, the right. Senate can disqualify them from future office. But, but yeah, that's I a great think point. I think the natural reading of these clauses together is that the whole point, the whole concept of impeachment is you're kicking somebody out of office. That's right. However, that's, that's, right. Not, what the, that's that not what the Democrats say. Let's get, so let's get back to your Pete's impeach FDR. Yeah. If you take that seriously, well, that's got some implications. Well, that's exactly right. Yeah, and, and that's the whole point. So if, if we're dealing, if we can deal with a president that's no longer in office, and a lot of these people that were supporting a second impeachment of Donald Trump, right, said this was for purpose of censure, of you know, disapproval, you know, rejection of his misconduct in office. And I'm saying here, well, you know, it, 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 it's pretty hard to find a more gross abuse of power than Executive Order 9066, which, which was FDR's executive order. By the way, let me say this before I add what it was for. John, FDR did – are you guys ready for this? People, grab your pens, okay? FDR signed how many executive orders as president? Are you ready? 3,721. <laughs> 3,721. 3, wow. All right, your imperial president, Donald Trump, signed 220. All right, so FDR blew away everybody, okay, in presidential history. on that. And, and liberals consider him the greatest president of the 20th century, one of the greatest presidents of all time. Among these 3,721 FDR executive orders was Executive Order 9066, and that's the one that placed 120,000 Japanese Americans in the internment camps. And you know, th this would be the kind. This is the kind of thing that if a Republican president had done something like that, 
that Republican president would forever live in infamy, would be forever rated the worst president of all time. Liberals would probably scream so much about it that they would have probably by now succeeded in banishing the Republican Party from politics, of all things, right? Um, but, but FDR has gotten away with the internment of the Japanese because, because liberals like FDR. And, and I'll say one more thing here, too, about this. This is another fascinating statistic. Every elected Republican president since Eisenhower, all right, every single elected Republican president since Eisenhower, use the word elected because Gerald Ford is the one exception, um, all of them had articles of impeachment introduced against them by Democrats. So this is what Democrats do. They impeach, impeach, and impeach. And they're now at the point where they not only impeach you or try to impeach you while you're in office as a Republican, they will get you when you're out of office. And, 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 and listen here now, John. Don't be surprised if in 2022 they try to impeach Donald Trump again. If in 2023 they try to impeach him again. In 2024 they try to impeach him again. They, they've totally abused this process. They've completely politicized it and weaponized it. And it's, um, it's egregious. It's really shameless. You know, Paul, during the Middle Ages, there were a lot of heresy prosecutions. And death did not necessar- necessarily extinguish your liability for being found a heretic. So occasionally, mm. a deceased person would be, would be prosecuted for heresy. And if he was convicted, his body would be dug up and his remains would be burned at the stake. And I've often thought about that. I, I, I think that's kind of what the Democrats are doing with, with Donald Trump and this whole concept of impeaching the president. And in FDR's case, of course, a president who's long, long since dead. I mean, it's the same kind of mania. You know, he's out of office. You know, what more do you want? But that's not enough. You know, it's not enough. No. It's like, it's like, and, digging, and, and up, for, it's like and, digging up the body and burning it at the stake. You know, they're, they're just right. never satisfied. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and for liberals listening right now saying, oh, the Constitution, it, it doesn't it – does, you're, you're talking about a deceased president. It doesn't mention a deceased president. Also, okay, it doesn't mention a former president either. So don't give me that jive, okay? The Constitution talks about a sitting president, a current serving president. By the way, this is why Nancy Pelosi and the House Democrats – immediately impeached Donald Trump because they wanted to try to do it before he left office, okay? And they they did it even before their buddies at the New York Times and the Washington Post printed timelines as to whether or not uh, the people on January 6th started assaulting the Capitol building before Donald Trump finished his speech, right? Right. Um, There have been been a whole bunch of reports now by – I, I mean, you name it, New York Times, Washington Post, uh, NPR, FBI, you name it, that the January 6th Capitol attack was pre-planned. It was pre-planned. And if it, and if it was pre-planned, then you can't blame what Donald Trump said on January 6th for instigating what happened. So these are the kind of things that you would pause and reflect and investigate on before you, serve it, before you do impeachment. But Nancy and the Democrats... They had to vote an impeachment right away because Trump was still in office. Yeah, they he do the clock was ticking. Office. They do the clock right. was ticking. The clock they were was impl- ticking. implicitly well, well. acknowledging that, that that's the purpose of uh, 
of the impeachment process. We have been talking with Paul Kangar. Paul, thanks so much for being on the program. Uh, great stuff. By the way, last comment. Thanks, you, you know, impeaching Barack Obama would not be quite as much a moot point as impeaching FDR. That's one to file away or Hillary for Clinton. future. Or, or Kamala Hillary Clinton. Harris. That's right, worth right. filing away for, for future reference. We've got to run to a sure. break, and we'll be back with more on the Dan Prop Show. I just want to use your love. Exposing political fakers, fixers, and takers. He's Dan Proft, and this is The Dan Proft Show.